right, I want to go quickly to the scriptures. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God have prepared for them that love him. But God have revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the what? Spirit of God. And all of God's people said, amen. You can be seated uh, all over this room. Uh, today, I just want to uh, speak to you from the topic, finding your calling. Finding your calling. I have said this before in this church. And oftentimes when I present this statement, it can cause a little tension in the room uh, initially if you don't understand what I'm saying in context. Heaven is not your purpose. You are not born and created just to go to heaven. Because if that was the case, as soon as you got saved, that means your purpose would have been accomplished. He would have just took you. As a matter of fact, if you grew up, um, Pastor Leanne, in a classical Pentecostal, strict legalistic background, as I did, after you got saved, you kind of wanted to hurry up and go to heaven. <laughs> Because you didn't want to mess it up. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm saved. I've been baptized. I got the Holy Ghost. I got the tongues. Take me straight to heaven because five more minutes, I'm going to mess it up. You know, we, we had a challenge with being secure in our faith and in our salvation. That our salvation was complete in Jesus Christ. But heaven cannot be our, our purpose. Because... If it's our purpose, then why are we still here? And that's when we start in this dialogue. Once people have an experience with Jesus, then they want to know what is my calling? What was I born for? What was I created for? I know what he saved me from. But what did he save me for? Mm. First of all, I want to uh, lift to the ones that are listening to me in this room and maybe someone who's watching online. There are no extra people. Your parents may not have planned you. But I want you to know that your beginning did not start with your parents. My God. Mm. There are no accidents with God. Glory be to God. Somebody said, what do you mean? I say to you, and I'll be bold to say, if your parents would have never met, you were destined to be in the earth. He said in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. 
I want to look to you that your beginning didn't start with your parents. Your beginning started with God. Glory be to God. I believe that's why we long for heaven and never been there. Hallelujah. Because heaven is being in the presence of God without the veil of flesh. <laughs> and so the question is, if there are no extra people, what's my calling? And automatically, when we say calling, we automatically connect it to temple ministry. Preaching with microphones and platforms, podiums and websites. And, and I'm not saying that's not your calling. I'm saying that's not everybody's calling. <laughs> you know? And so many of us find ourselves in this uh, in between, indecisive place, reading books, going to prophets and psychics. <laughs> Oh, church people <laughs> out of desperation start tapping into other sources for answers you didn't know that I'm, I'm talking about some people in this room you've tapped into some other sources out of your desperation to find out am I meant to be married and if I'm going to be married who am I going to marry Saul is a chosen king of Israel and out of his desperation he went and saw a witch because he wanted to know the future Glory be to God. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, you don't need a psychic. Tell him, open up your Bible. Mm. So then how do you find your calling? Number one. Audible voice. <laughs> Somebody said audible, audible voice. What is audible voice? Is when God himself. When Elohim opens up the clouds and says to you, my daughter. This has to be the sound of many waters. <laughs> this is your calling. Now, people question now, does that happen? Well, what God cannot do does not exist. So all of you who have a master's in theology. I want to remind you, you don't have a master's in God. <laughs> oh, you can have a master's in theology. You can have a doctorate in theology. But you can never master the vastness of God. You know, a God that I can totally wrap my mind around and understand is not a God worthy of my worship. So if you are an atheist, you worship your intellect because you don't believe that God could exist because you can't see him. Agnostic, you worship your questions because you got questions and because you have not answered them. Evidently, God doesn't exist. And if he does, you couldn't know it. But worship us what we don't know about God. That holy distance makes us pursue him. Mm. I need you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I know God and I'm still knowing God. I'm still knowing. Even Moses could only experience the backside of him. Glory be to God. Can God speak to us audibly? My answer is yes. Yes, he can. Even in my life, I believe I heard God. I really do believe I heard him. Now, I'll be honest, I don't hear him all the time like an audible voice. Because if, 
I heard an audible voice from God all the time. Whew. I think I, I think I would lose my mind. And maybe some people have lost their mind because they operated in the realm of the spirit illegally and they start hearing voices that they couldn't contain. Mm. Yeah. I believe it. I believe at 15 years old, I heard the Lord speak to me. I believe I heard a voice speak to me. I can say maybe twice in my life, I believe I heard the audible voice of God. And at 15 years old, I can take you to the spot where I believe I heard the Lord. I always say I believe. The reason why I say I believe, well, first of all, to say I believe means I have faith, right? The reason why I say I believe is because our experiences are open to human error. Some things we thought we heard, we heard it because of our background or experience. And sometime, sometime time will unveil to us whether it was God. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you what I heard at 15 years old in a small one stop like town. I'm raising you up to be a prophet and you'll go to nations around the world. Now, you have to realize at 15 years old, I had no passport. And nations around the world, I was living in a mobile home trailer with my mother. I didn't have a perspective, no exposure to nations all around the world. So either it was God or I was crazy or a little combination of both. <laughs> I believe it was God. But God does speak audibly. We have scriptures to show us that God speaks audibly. And cessationalists, when they read scriptures, they tell us we can't go about those scriptures because God worked in other dispensations different than he operates in this dispensation. And although I believe in dispensationalism in, in a proper perspective, the, the dispensation of consciousness and human government and God dealt with different people different ways. I also believe that God's power is not limited to a dispensation. I need you to look at somebody tell them, you can't put a cap on God. You can't put a cap on God. Oh, yes, I know. I know he opened up the mouth of a donkey. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament. But I believe he can open up the mouth of your dog right now if he wants to. What God can do doesn't exist. Hallelujah. Mm. I believe some people don't experience the miraculous because they're not open to the miraculous. Saul on the road to Damascus, God speaks to him out of the clouds, knocks him off the beast and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Mm. So some people can experience an audible voice. And if that audible voice comes, you can find your calling. And wouldn't that be easy for all of us if God would just tell us how many in this room you ever said, God, just tell me. Yeah, <laughs> Just tell me clearly, plainly, no metaphors, no mystery. Just tell me. So because God is God and in his sovereignty, you don't get to control the way he speaks to you. I must lift to you the other ways you'll find your calling. Number two, the lot will fall on you. In other words... There's a responsibility that can hit your life that you didn't choose and you didn't ask for. And when that lot falls on you, you can discover your calling. 
ex-Matthias. The Bible says out the Judas's portrayal, there's a slot that needs to be filled. And they sit among uh, the apostles and they cast lots. And when the lots fell, it fell on a man that never filled out a job application. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, it fell on me. There's some things I'm walking in. I didn't know I had the grace for it until it fell on me. Let me move very quickly. I only have a few moments left. Also, how can you find your calling? Number three, somebody shout exposure exposure in other words when God gives you the front seat to a dilemma when God gives you exposure to a challenge and not just exposure but it's exposure to something that produces a burden on your heart see you'll get frustrated sometimes because you and somebody else will see the same thing but they don't have the same burden I want to free you in here in this room because some of you are frustrated because people don't have the same passion for the thing you have a passion for you're looking at hungry children and you wonder why they don't have an urgency you're looking at challenges in the community and you're wondering why they don't have passion for it scream at somebody tell them it's your calling this is why you can't sleep this is why you don't have no peace because you don't have peace outside of your assignment hallelujah tell your neighbor he put this on me he put he put a burden on me and see our generation don't understand burden we go to conferences for the blessing and we shout for the blessing but the reason why some of us are so easily to quit and pull out of our vows and our commitments in ministry and in relationships because we never got a burden for it but I pray that whatever your calling is God will put it on you and you won't find no peace outside of it I need somebody in faith that know you can trust God throw up your hands and shout give me a burden give me a burden for what you call me to do it's a burden. Exposure produces a burden. N number four, uh, one way you can find your calling is divine placement. A divine placement. What do you mean? When God opens a door and puts you in a room that you know you have no business being in. When your background when your education when your economic status should not give you access to some of the people you have an access you have access to it's called divine placement you find your calling when God bring you and sit you at tables and you have you ever sat at a table and you looked around and says what in the world am I doing here there's got to be somebody more qualified am I talking to anybody is it just me I, there's got to be somebody more qualified than me have anybody other to me you felt like you felt like a fake you felt like a forgery you said they're gonna find out in a minute I'm not as smart as they think I am they're gonna find out in a minute but tell your neighbor it's your calling you supposed to be in the room this is your God opened up the door he says Hadassah come here God brought you into the kingdom for such a time as this you didn't go through all of that pageant just so you can look cute I didn't take you through all of that anointing and all of that purification 
justification for your comfort. God brought you into the kingdom to save your people from a genocide. I come to tell somebody in this room that will receive it. God is getting ready to bring you to tables for his glory. He's about to bring you into rooms that don't match your background. But it's going to be everything that God wants you to do. I need you to touch three people. Tell them it's your calling. It's your calling. You've been in your head about it. You feel like you're going to drown in it. But you can't drown in it because you've been called for it. Ah, I feel God in this room. I hear the Lord on the phone telling somebody, pick up, pick up, pick up. I need you to get out of your seat and run to somebody. Tell them, pick up, pick up. This is your calling. This is not a spam call. This is your calling. I've been divinely placed here. Somebody in this room, God opened up a door for you. And since you've been in this door, it's been a little tension in the office. It's been a little tension in the workplace. At first, it was a miracle when it happened, right? Like, wow, look how God opened up this door. Now you're in the door and you, and you got people uh, in the department who hoping you fail. And you got little discussions and you, you got to deal with the fake smiles and whew, you don't know your friends from your foes. But I come to tell you, they can't fire you because they didn't choose you. This is your call. You are called for this. I need you to stop say to stop speaking over yourself. I can't deal with this. I can't I can't deal with this. I can't handle this. The devil is a liar. If God brought you in this room, push somebody to tell them you can handle it. If you think about it, you've handled worse. If you think about it, you went through some storms in your life that could have broke your back. But look, God stood you up in power. I need you to go to three people, tell them you can handle it. Tell them why they can handle it, because you've been called for it. It's your calling. It's your, you've been called for difficult situations. You've been called for complicated atmospheres. You've been called for water. You've been called. It's your calling. You have the capacity for this. Okay. I ain't going to tell you to look at your neighbor because some of y'all's neighbors are really strange today. I want you to speak for yourself. Open up your mouth and say, I have the capacity for this. Come on, lay hands on yourself and say, I've been called for this. Come on, shout, I will not be overwhelmed. No, come on, say, I will not be overwhelmed. Come on, shout, I will not drown in this. Shout, my mind is stable. Come on, lay hands on your belly. Shout, my spirit is settled. This is my calling. This is my calling. I've been called to this marriage. I've been called to these children. I've been called to this company. I've been called to this ministry. I've been called to this city. It's your calling. It's your calling. It's your calling. So there, what's another way that you find your calling? It's when you trust proven voices in your life. Because sometimes the way you're going to hear God is through somebody else. But you got to be careful who you lend your ear to. That's what I want to say to as spirit filled as I am, as charismatic and Pentecostal as I am. I know a whole lot of charismatic, crazy people. 
Let you know. All of them tongues ain't real. And just because you had a spiritual experience don't mean it was God. That's why even though you're charismatic, charismatics need community. Because a calling without community leaves you crazy. You need somebody in your life for checks and balances. Someone who can challenge what you said you heard. The Bible says, even in, in the book of Corinthians, even when you prophesy, prophesy by the company of two or three. So, no, not so they can fall out. No, so they can judge. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. I need you to look at somebody and tell them you can miss God. And intentionally wanting to please God, you can miss God. And this is why you have to have trusted voices. You don't let new people come into your life. I'm not telling you new people can't say something to you, but if a new person come into your life and say something to you you've never heard before, it should be a confirmation of something you've heard or at least it ought to be a witness. Amen. You don't meet somebody new that haven't been proven. Hallelujah. And they, then they make you start looking strange at the people who've been tested in your life. And now they're making you think that the people that's been with you a long time are jealous of you because they don't agree with you. Yeah, there are times you can't hear for yourself and God will use trusted voices. As a matter of fact, it's the way Samuel knows the voice of God. The Bible says, how can you hear without a Without a what? Without a preacher. What do you mean how can they hear without a preacher? How can they hear? You learn hearing God from preachers. I didn't say motivational speakers. Because some of you got your favorite TikTok motivational speaker. And uh, you're quoting them more than you quoting scriptures. You can be motivated. You can be inspired. But it's the gospel that changes. Hallelujah. Samuel. <laughs> oh, hey, Marlon, I thought you'd be here. <laughs> yes, Eli. Eli says, boy, I didn't call you. He said, oh, I thought you called me. Did he go back and lay down? Samuel. Yes, sir. What is it? You just called me. I didn't call you. Eli said, Oh, next, next time you hear a voice, say, yes, Lord, your servant heareth. This is my challenge. Samuel has been in the temple since he was a toddler. Since he was weaned from his mother's breast, he had been in the temple. He knew the voice of Eli. But when God called him, he ran to Eli because God's voice sounded like the voice of his teacher.
that's why you got to make sure you're sitting under somebody they don't have to be perfect they don't have to know all the Hebrew they don't have to know all the Greek but you need to know that their voice is an echo of God my pastor don't have to be my best friend but my pastor does need to hear from God because the way I learned to hear God is through the voice of my leader no really Pastor Leanne, if you look at if you look at the diaconate, the history of the diaconate in the apostolic church in the first in in the in the in, in the year 33 AD when after the day of Pentecost, no one was called to be a deacon. No, no, if y'all read the scripture, they went to they went to the apostles, said, Hold on, what are we gonna do? Because we need all this outreach work needs to be done. And y'all laying hands and preaching and all that. We need, what about the widows? And the apostle says, hold on. We're not going to leave the preaching of the gospel. You're not going to distract us with your need to sound virtuous and pure. No, my assignment is to preach and pray. Now, you you got a burden for that? (laughs) He said, well, we're going to raise up some deacons. We're going to find deacons full of the Holy Ghost. They looked among themselves. And they appointed. Yes, sir. So then, there are times I can come up to Tony Ross and says, "You need to be a deacon." Well, he, he don't have to say, "Well, the Lord didn't call me." I don't think the Lord called me to be a deacon. You gotta trust the voice of your leader, because if the people around you see it on you. That's a vote of confidence that we believe you can handle it and you've handled it well. Pastor Cordelia Wallace, a lady out of New York. I asked her, I says, when did the Lord call you to preach? Because she was sharing her testimony about how she was adopted. She was left on the doorstep of a, a holiness woman. That raised her. She was a, a biracial uh, baby in that time. So it was very problematic. And so her mother put her in a box. On the doorstep of a woman. And it was a holiness woman that raised her. I said well how did. When did you know God had called you to preach? She says well to be honest with you. I never heard God call me. I said really? She said no. She says my husband told me. And I trusted the voice of my husband. See, this is why you need community because sometimes it takes somebody on the outside of you to see something on the inside of you that you don't see in yourself. Will you encourage somebody near you tell them there's more to you. There's more. Don't settle where you are right now. You so in your head about your mistakes. You so much in your head about your past and your failures and your struggles. But when I see you, I don't see your failures. I see your triumph. When I look at you, I'm not rehearsing your past I'm looking at your future lay hands and encourage somebody tell them there's more in you I see it I see it I see it when you look at yourself in the mirror you see something different but when I see you I see the hand of God I 
I see the mere fact that you made it through the last three seasons of your life it tells me that God has something set up for you I want you to push somebody and tell them God wants to use you your greatest days are not in your past your greatest days are in your future oh you're about to find it you're about to find it I feel the Lord in here you are about to find it you're about to find out why the last season was so hard you're about to find out why the devil tried to kill you in your childhood you're about to find out why the enemy tried to run you out of the church you're about to find your calling you're about to find your calling you're about to find your calling how oh, I I'm down to my last four minutes let me move quickly how do you find your calling broken roads and shut doors broken roads and shut doors some of you still trying to find your calling what door shut on you some some of you getting fired from a job was one of the greatest things that ever happened to you I'm speaking to somebody you're about to be fulfilling your calling in such a way you're going to be able from a genuine place Go to Walmart and get a stack of 10 thank you cards. Trust me, I already know. I just recently got them. Get a stack of 10 thank you cards and at least 10 people from your past. You're going to be able to send them a card that says, thank you. I'm not being shady. I'm not being funny. But when you left me, it was one of the best things that happened. Because until you left me, I couldn't find me. I thought my whole purpose was wrapped in you. But when you decided you didn't want me no more, thank you. When you decided I want a part of the group no more, thank you. I want you to do something real quickly. And I got to move for, the, for five seconds. I want you to praise God for every shut door. Do it now. Oh, I praise him for every shot. Thank you. As I, as I hasten to my close, I have to say this at least once every 30 days. I have to say this at least once every 30 days in our church because it's, it's a revelation that God gave me a few years ago and it's just so important that I keep repeating it until it, it becomes a part of your being so you'll never feel lost. How do you find your calling? And when I start saying this, you, most of the church is going to know what I'm saying. Serve what's in, in front of you. Because some of you think waiting on God is doing nothing. But if I go to if I go over here to Shaker's at the church and order me a salt and pepper catfish with a loaded sweet potato, cinnamon butter, yes. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I had to come back. If I ordered it. If I'm ready to order and I'm hungry after church because I need to get to D.C. 
And if the waiter comes and pulls up a chair and folds uh, his or her arms and said, mm, I'm, I'm waiting. That's going to be strange, right? Because if you're waiting, that means you should be serving. And so all of you who said you're waiting on your next, no, your next is waiting on you. You're not ready for the next until you have successfully served your now. Don't be so distracted by your future ambitions and your prophetic visions that you miss out that the key you need for your future door is in this season. And so then, how do we find our calling? Hallelujah. <laughs> There's a Pauline epistle in the book of Corinthians that I read today. Some have lifted that, the, that when this text is making a reference to the mysteries, it's talking about non-canical texts or apocryphal texts. Mysteries. But I believe as you look a little closer that the mystery is making reference to is the mystery of the gospel. Because you have to understand, for generations they are Killing animals. Hallelujah. For the atonement of sin. But knowing that there's something coming. And not just something, but someone coming. They're keeping the Sabbath. And Isaiah says, with stammering lips and another tongue. Hallelujah. Shall I speak unto my people? And this is the Shabbat. This is the Sabbath. So they're prophesying in part, anointing in part. They're looking through a glass darkly. Trying to comprehend what they're seeing. Trying to look in the future and describe futuristic events with ancient language and lack of future exposure. And this is the challenge for some of us because we're seeing in the future. Hallelujah. But we're trying to unpack it and make sense out of it. And because we can't make sense out of it, we see well, but we perceive poorly and we end up calling it a, a mystery. Tell your neighbor, I got a lot of dreams. Tell them God deals with me. But a lot of it is mystery. It's mystery. It's, it's mystery. And, and so Paul says, now I'm on the other side of this. This mystery has been revealed when you declare Hmm, hallelujah. For unto us a child is born and a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. For he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with the stripes we were healed. To the point the rabbis interpreted that scripture as meaning Israel. That Israel is the son. Their argument is because when God goes to get Israel out of Egypt, he calls Israel his firstborn. And this is why they have an affliction of the last plague to be against the firstborn of the Egyptian households. Because God says, this is my revenge for what you did to my firstborn. So when Isaiah says the son would be wounded. Hallelujah. And bruised. 
They said, oh, oh, yeah, yes, it's Israel. Not realizing coming from Abraham to Bethlehem, 42 generations, that the prophecy that was spoken in Genesis when it said that the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto a woman who had not known a man and says to her, hallelujah, you're going to have a child. Hallelujah. And you shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people. Come on, help me. From this. It was a mystery. I tell your neighbor, the mystery has been revealed. And so when we read the scripture, when it says, oh, y'all give me, just give me one minute. I'm, I'm serious. When, when we read the scripture, when it says, I have not seen, ear have not heard. I want you to put that scripture on the screen. I think it's verse nine. We quote that all the time. I have not seen, neither ear heard, nor have it entered the heart of man, the things which God have prepared for those who what? Love him. I want you to lift up your hands and say, Lord, I haven't done everything right. But tell him that I do love you. I do love you. <laughs> Hear me. Hear me. So we usually stop there. At verse 9, it's written. Where was it written? It was written in Isaiah. I have not seen. It have not heard. It haven't into the heart of man what God has in store for them who love him. Yes, we don't know. We don't know. And yes, there's some things you don't know. But you got to read the next verse. Verse 10 says, but God have revealed it to them by his spirit. So I want to end with this. If you really want to find your calling, you got to get in the spirit. You've got to get, you got to get in the spirit. You got to get out of your head. You got to get out of your intellect and you got to get in the spirit. I believe in the Bible. I believe in the infallible truths of the scripture. Ah, but the Godhead is not the Father, Son, and Holy Bible. It's the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You need the Spirit of God to illuminate the scriptures because you can quote the Bible all day long. But if it's not revealed, you have no revelation. You don't know whether to stand still or drive and go forward. But tell your neighbor, get in the Spirit. You need to sing in the spirit. You need to pray in the spirit. That's why sometimes when we come to church, some people are so reserved. And I understand we all got different personalities. And I'm not trying to make you me. But there's moments of your life. You've got to come out of your flesh. Stop trying to process so much. Some of us process so much that we miss out on the presence of God. If you get in the presence of God, your medicine count will start coming down for in the presence of the Lord there's the fullness of joy and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore I want you to pull on somebody and tell them it's in the spirit it's not in the bottle it's in the spirit it's not in a blunt it's in the spirit because you may go to your friends and your friends may not have the answer but if you get in the 
spirit. Some of you in this room, you're struggling with lust. You can't get it off of you. You're struggling with pornography. You can't stop watching it. But the Bible declared, if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh pull on somebody tell them I know you've been praying but you got to learn how to pray in the spirit for the Bible declared that the spirit help thou infirmities for we know not what to pray for but when the Holy Ghost prays it prays the will of God for our life Jude verse 20 says building up your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost lift up your hands and shout I need all of it I need all of it take me in the spirit I heard John said I was in the spirit on the Lord's day we talk about his revelation but there is no revelation unless you come out of the flesh and you get in the spirit how long are you willing to tarry in God's presence how long are you willing to wait in his glory because your answer I said your answer your therapist can help you but your answer they can help you and coach you but your answer it's in the spirit I said it's in the spirit your healing it's in the spirit hey your deliverance hey it's in the spirit hey push your neighbor tell him I found it it wasn't at Walmart I found it it wasn't at Target I found it I found it it won't on Amazon Prime but I found it it was in the spirit it was in the spirit you may not understand because I can be tired in my body but when the spirit comes I can be depressed but when the spirit comes I can be self-conscious I can be insecure but when the spirit comes I stand strong in the Lord and in the power of this might scream at somebody and tell them I found it I found it and it's in the spirit you keep trying to bring God where you are he already came it's time for you to ascend God is a spirit and he that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth trust your professor trust your friends but some trust in chariots some trust in horses but we hey we the people of God we put our trust in the name of the Lord lift up your hands and say Lord I want a spiritual experience I don't want just to experience church I want a spiritual take me out roll me in the floor let the tears come 
I want a spiritual. I need a hundred of you to open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. Release a sound. Let the sound be a portal. Let the sound be a doorway. Let the sound open the gate for the realm of the spirit. Shout unto God. Shout unto God with the voice. With the voice. Use your voice. With the voice. Everyone stand, I'm past my time. I tell you, I'm gonna tell you how how easy it is to go past your time when you get in the spirit. And this is what I've been praying. Anyone who ever prays for me, you hear me pray it all the time. Lord, give this generation their own experience. Give them their own experience. Because some of us have heard the stories of another generation. I'm about to pray around this altar. I feel the Lord. Oh, Oh, you heard the story. I want you to look at somebody tell them God is about to give you your own story and I and I ain't talking about and I'm not belittling anybody's testimony but I'm not talking about something that man could have did for you God hey, because some of you have a strong evangelistic anointing on your life God wants to use you to blow like a trumpet But in order for you to have that confidence, you need a deeper experience. I've had the the opportunity to sit on panels with sensationalists. I've had the opportunity to sit on council with people who are what we call non-spirit-filled believers. Greatly educated individuals. I've had great dialogue and discussions. But one reason why I've never quaked and I'm not talking about being prideful. I'm not talking about being conceited. Well, you got confidence in God. Yeah. Yeah. The reason why I never quaked in their presence. Because you can't make me doubt what I've experienced. Yeah. Hallelujah. Some, some people don't believe it. Yeah. Hallelujah. But I know what it is. For somebody to come to the altar. Yeah, have cancer in their body and the saints prayed and they went back to the doctor and the doctor found no cancer cells now somebody says well bishop have you ever known somebody to die of cancer yeah so trying to well how do we rationalize that we don't have to I'm still reminding you what God is capable of doing. Oh God. Hallelujah. The Hebrew boy says if he don't do it, he's what? I want to make sure that if God needs faith, there'll be no deficit here. Glory be to God. I need you to send word down the road. Tell him I feel another miracle coming. I feel another. I feel a 
a supernatural, come on, come on, come on. I feel a supernatural experience. I feel a supernatural experience. I want God to give you your own experience. Don't you let your mind be your greatest hindrance. A mind that's submitted to God can be your greatest tool. But a mind unsubmitted can be your greatest wall of hindrance to experiencing the supernatural. I'm getting ready to dismiss because I want to lay hands on some people that's ready to go into the next realm. I'm going to tell you because what I feel in this room, there's some people in this room, you've been living like this. Now y'all see, as soon as I did this, Elder Walter, in his instinct, kind of got near me enough just in case it looked like I'm going to fall. But uh, my prayer for some of y'all today, I hope you do fall. Head first, I want you to get, hallelujah. I want God to baptize your thoughts. This is what the Lord, by his spirit, hear me what I'm saying to you. Hear me what I'm saying to you. Some of you have addiction in your blood. You have addiction in your blood. I know what I'm talking about. I come through a bloodline of addiction. My great grandmother was strongly addicted and had 23 children by several different men. Me and Renee are her descendants. Wave your hand, Renee. Promiscuity, incest, all through the bloodline, drug addiction from my great-grandmother to my grandfather to my father to me. But let me tell you what you do when you walk, when you go in the spirit. Whatever was in your DNA, you can get so deep in the spirit that you start getting regenerated. Somebody said, what is regeneration? It's when the Holy Ghost starts regening you. When he starts shifting your DNA structure. That whatever was the stronghold in your bloodline, God has the ability. Oh, oh I feel the Lord. Hey, there's some things. God, oh, this is what the, this is what the realm of the spirit does. This is what the baptism of the Holy Ghost does. You already have a gift. You already have an orative skill. You always already have an innovative mind. You already have a, a friendly disposition and personality. What the Holy Ghost does, it amplifies it. See, a lot of times when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, we say, oh, that's when people are, are kind. That's when people got love. It's when people got patience. It's when, oh, no, no, no. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Somebody can be kind, but don't mean they have the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is amplified kindness. Holy Ghost love. In other words, when people say, you still speak to them? You still love them? Yeah, I mean, Holy Ghost love will make you love people who tried to destroy you. It don't mean I'm going to lay my head down and let you kill me. But I'll never walk around with bitterness. And when I see you, I can speak to you with nothing on the inside. Holy Ghost long suffering. I'm going to think y'all think I'm playing. I can say this. 
I did not go to bed till five, five o'clock this morning. And I'm standing in the supernatural power of God. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I got to learn to obey God. Uh, hallelujah. I'm a fourth watch prophet. And I got to learn how to obey God. So what ends up happening, God starts speaking to me in the fourth watch. I just need to learn how to go to sleep in the first watch. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I got to go to bed so... so because what ends up happening, I end up awake in the first watch, second watch, third watch, and fourth watch. And now, when I talk about the fourth watch, I'm talking about the time between three and sunrise. I'm serious. At least eight people woke up to prophetic words and words of knowledge this morning. Because I was just texting people all the middle of the night. Because I wanted to remember it. Oh, God. Mandiosha. Ilananamasia. Oh, Mandiosha. The fourth watch is the time when Jesus came walking on water. It's well where mystic Jews believe that uh, mystic Jews pray in that time because they believe the mysteries of God is revealed. That's why they believe Jesus was a mystic Jew. Now when I say mysticism, I'm not talking about magic. When I talk about mysticism, it's, it's a word when we say we're mystified at the God's presence. Is, is, talk, is making a reference to the mystery. There's some kind of way between the hours of transition. Whoo, Shamana. Between the hours of transition, special revelation is revealed. And this is what I want to say to some of you. Stop when God wake you up. Stop picking up your phone, going to Instagram. Go to your window. Get on your face. Hey. Glory be to God. Daniel was praying and his prayers were hindered. Glory be to God. Because the prince of Tyre, a demonic system and stronghold was holding it up. Glory be to God. You got to learn how to get in the window. Hey, glory be to God. I'm not just talking about a physical window. I'm talking about a window of the spirit. You got to learn how to get. Now, you know what I'm talking now? And I, and I usually wouldn't talk like this on Sunday morning. I hope I instigate your curiosity. Or frustrate your complacency. Please get your books. Please get your books. Get your theology books. Get your manuscripts in, and 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 have and have a fight with it. Hallelujah! But after all of that, you read. You need an experience. How is it? How is it? These men who were so scared. And fearful that they deny him after seeing his miracles. David Custer said, We don't know him. When they needed him, when he needed them, they were nowhere to be found. They were hiding. How is it that these same men are now standing in the on Solomon's porch in the city square? And says, the same Jesus who you crucified, he's both Lord and Christ. What? Patrick, what would make these same men who are, who are afraid and says, oh, I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. Now stand in front of everybody and say, kill me if you have to. I'm not going to change what I know. What happened? experience 
And you know what this generation wants? This is a Thomas generation. You hear me? Hear me, Pastor. Listen, this is a Thomas generation. Man, I, listen. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, this is a Thomas generation. They didn't went to vacation Bible school. They didn't went to Awana. They didn't heard all of this stuff. But this is a Thomas generation. He heard the parables. But he says, I'm sorry. I've seen too much in my life crucified. Stuff that I thought I could depend on has been torn down. I watch parents get divorced. I watch preachers fall. I watch church mothers not go to church anymore. Now, I won't believe unless I see something. And here comes Jesus walking through closed doors. And you know what Jesus said? Put your hand right there. We, you, you know what the church has done? We call Thomas. Doubting Thomas, you can call Thomas whatever you want to call. But when missionaries got to India, they thought they were bringing the gospel. They said, oh, no, no, we already Christians. What do you mean? We're St. Thomas Christians. Thomas brought the gospel all the way to India. Hallelujah. I come to tell you, God is about to raise up a generation that's about to have a supernatural experience and they get ready to run with the gospel like never before. I'm going to dismiss and you can leave. I'm going to pray for some people. Thank you for watching us online. There's a number on the screen right now. If you need prayer, call that number and somebody will pray for you. Everybody in this room, lift up your hands. Now may the grace of our Lord and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit rest on us, rule over us, and abide with us henceforth, now and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. God bless you. The Bible says man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I pray that you are blessed by the message today. And if you want to continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and even more gospel messages, I encourage you to follow our YouTube channel or subscribe to our podcast. And today we want to give you an opportunity to partner what we're doing domestically here at our local church and what we're doing all over the world. There are ways to give. And remember, when you sow, that seed may leave your hand, but it'll never leave your life. The Bible declares to us that when we sow, Seeds are connected to harvest. Well, I want you to remember that I know what it feels like to cry until you have no more tears left to cry. But after you finish crying, don't stop. Get up and keep going.